It's March 6th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Hey Milwaukee, welcome back to another Weekly Rundown. I'm glad you guys could be joining us, and if you're new to the show... Welcome to the Weekly Rundown. We release these every Friday morning. This is our time to talk about what's happening in Milwaukee in a real-time stream. Some people have been asking, what is a real-time stream? Well, my day job is marketing, and in marketing, you kind of make stuff up. So it's a real-time stream. That's podcasting. But what we talk about is upcoming races, relevant topics, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and the producer of the show, Apostoli. Hello, everybody. Happy, happy new week. Happy new Friday. Welcome to March. This is March. It is March. And welcome to the real live stream. Okay. Actually, by the way, we do know what that means. We don't want to say. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We know what it means. You guys don't. Before we jump into this week, we have some big news. We are launching our Cream City Pacers social giveaway contest today, Oof. right now. There is a link in this description. There's a link on our website. There's a link on our Facebook page and our Instagram and our Instagram stories. Basically, you can find the link anywhere. So what, what, what happened? Wait, what, what is this? You get, you get stuff? Yeah, we're giving away a ton of sweet stuff like to what? you guys, the like, listeners. What do you get? So what we have is a $50 Mimosa gift card by our sponsor, Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. We have a $50 gift card to Performance Running Outfitters. The Badgerland Striders have given us free race entries into the Hardfest Half, the Cudahy Classic, and the Super Run 5K. Wow. And our friends at Gooder Sunglasses have hooked us up with a couple pairs of shades to give away. Really? Gooder? Yeah. These guys are, those are nice sunglasses. They're my favorite. For a little plug for them, they're $25. And they stay in your face and are super comfy. And if you face plant, you're, you know, it's a $25 pair of sunglasses. You look good doing it, too. But they're very durable, too, from what I understand. Yeah. And Pro sells them. So if you get the $50 gift card, you could go buy some gooder sunglasses there. Anyways, we have a lot of sweet stuff. I want to thank all of our sponsors for giving us these things. So how does the contest work, right? Well, I just said there's links everywhere. So basically, this is like a social giveaway. And what we're doing is you get points for taking action so if you like our facebook page you get points if you follow us on instagram you get points if you subscribe to the podcast on itunes or spotify or wherever you listen you get points and then on top of it we're giving away daily points so if every day you go to the contest link and then you click on a link you're going to get more points and the contest is going to run for two weeks so it's running from today march 6th through friday march 20th that's two weeks and whoever has the most points at the end, we're going to give away some of this stuff to. I haven't figured out exactly how we're breaking this stuff down, but we're going to, there's going to be multiple winners, and this is going to be awesome. And if you want even more fun content, there's a video of me talking about this on our social pages. You have way too much free time on your hands, Alex. That's a very well-produced video. <laughs> I sent off a story the video the other day, and he just responded back, all caps, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yes, exclamation point. So. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. I have always uh, been, been inspired by how, how much time you put in little videos. Uh, <laughs> Alex used to have these Snapchat videos, and everybody that knows him well 
and following him knows about those Snapchat videos. And coffee we snaps? We want to bring him back, the coffee snaps. Every day was exactly the same thing. It would show you making your pour-over coffee, grinding the beans, putting it on the filter, wetting the filter, yada, yada, all the things. And then it would just be coffee, 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 coffee. And then it would be a selfie video of Alex sipping the coffee with his mustache at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and every day was the exact same thing. But no matter what, we still kept watching because we said, hey, maybe something different will happen. People so love that, that stuff. So I like yeah. deleted Snapchat back in 2014. So th- we were talking a long time ago. I post sometimes I do a little of that on Instagram stories and people are always like, bring it back coffee snaps. <laughs> I think that's funny. Rest in peace. Still drink pour overs. Still drink way too much coffee. And espresso before I run, right? And Isn't that your thing? You're a listener of the pod. Yeah. Espresso before the runs. It's still great. I recommend it. You have to try it since you're, you're back to running. We used to do that. We used to go out and have breakfast after runs in the morning. We would have coffee sometimes. We'd go to TiVo. We would try all the all the, the different breakfast spots in the, in the area. But we never did an espresso before. No. We should do it. Now that the weather's breaking, it's nice out. Oh, if you guys got out for a run last Sunday or hiked or walked or Whoa. anything or sat outside in a chair, it was beautiful. And this week, we had some cold days for how nice it was supposed to be. But this weekend's supposed to look great. I think spring's finally here. Here's my, here's my thought process on the rest of this winter spring nonsense is if the next 10 days look like they're supposed to be warm, right? Mm-hmm. Great. That means that puts us at like middle of March. That means worst case scenario is we get like one terrible snowstorm and it's cold for like two weeks. And now we're like beginning of April and spring's here. So I know Can't people lose. can say, hey, it's snowed in April, blah, blah, blah. But we don't have that time for that negative energy no spring's almost here worst case scenario a little bit of snow all right anyways done with that rant while you guys are listening to this i hope you're signing up for the social giveaway and and getting those points i want to give some sweet stuff away to you guys all right let's talk about olympic trials recap as you guys are aware unless you're living under a rock uh the olympic trials were last weekend and we talked a little bit about predictions we did some research looking at what people thought were going to happen. And really, out of, I would say, anyone's predictions, only one person from any of those predictions list did it, and that was Galen Rupp, which he was kind of a given mm-hmm. um, in the men's. So here's a really funny line I saw. What kind of reading recap articles? A five-time Olympian, an unsponsored runner, an Etsy shop owner, a barista, and a new mother, and Galen Rupp walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what our Olympic team is made out of. Basically. Isn't that funny? It just kind of shows you how unpredictable races can be. And especially with this race, there's just such a large field. Uh, and then just how unpredictable a marathon is in general. I mean, thinking about us, you know how you always say, like, things have to really align right. Like, I need to get good rest in the week leading up to it. And my tr- nutrition the day of needs to be right. And the weather conditions need to be kind of good. And I need to have a good mental attitude. And all this stuff, right, for us average runners to have a good race. And then you think about these Olympians where now they need everything to line up because they need like that extra minute. Like a minute, 40 seconds is determining if you are going to make, if you're in the pack for the breakaway 
or you're maybe in fourth place and not qualifying, like in the men's race, like it is close. You need to be dialed in in every aspect. But what I find fascinating, Alex, is the fact that you look at any other sport, most other sports, athletes that go to the Olympics have been training all their life extensively with coaches and, and, and just it, it, like all their life has been leading up to that moment where I feel like with the uh, trials, there's a lot of people that are just almost, you can call them weekend warriors. Like they did a little bit cross country in high school and then, and then college. And then they kept running. A lot of these people, like the 700, some people that were on this list were, you know, high school teachers that run on their free time. And it's amazing that they get a chance. And it's just such an honor. And I think we, we, one of the winners, one of the people that, that made it through, we, we can talk about yeah. about her because I, I think there's some interest in the Cream City world and Cream City Pacers talking about this person. Before we get there, Tamale, who we all know took second place at the at the trials and is a Milwaukee native, um, what you were just saying, like it's so cool in marathon running how – there are so many weekend warriors. Like John DeWitt, for example, is a teacher. He's from Milwaukee. He is a teacher. So he teaches kids all day and then figures out how to train for the Olympic trials before and after work. I mean, I have a full-time job and I can't even figure out how to get some miles in, let alone how many miles he's putting in. <laughs> I read, I follow some runners in New York and um, one of them who was in the trials was kind of explaining how the same thing, how it's just an awesome opportunity that she could do this. And, you know, she's not a professional athlete, but how she's saying, she goes, you know, I can really only get 90 to hundred miles a weekend, but I know to be in that next level, I need to be running like 110 plus miles a week. And you're like, wait, you're finding time to run a hundred miles a week and doing a full-time job. And yeah. you're saying you wish you could figure out how to run like 110 plus miles a week to get to the next level of qualifying, you know, like yeah. actually qualifying the Olympics, you're like, holy cow, am I not doing anything with my life? <laughs> I just made an excuse to only do like a two mile run today instead of a six mile run. So it's, it's so cool to see the commitment. I mean, like nothing is impossible. And when we, when I think of any excuses or have something, it's like these people aren't and they're getting there. And that's so cool. And it was also fun watching the race. So shout out to Sheila Wardell for, co-hosting the um olympic watch trials last week mm. watch party watch party at sports club downtown we did a nice fun run beforehand which was pretty cool and then there was there's like a bunch of people there watching there's probably like 30 people that's a big crowd so it was pretty cool it was a lot of a lot of people watching but it's like we're all wa you're used to watching like sports and seeing like professional athletes and it was like hey, there's people from Milwaukee. Like, we run with that guy. He shows up to the group or, like, whatever. And it's just, it's so, it was cool. That was cool. But um, shout out to Molly Seidel and Kellen Taylor, who are both Wisconsin natives, finished in the top 10. Molly finished second, and Kellen finished in eighth. So when we were giving our recap last week, we did not, uh, when we were giving our kind of update on Milwaukee runners, it's easy to look at the list and say, hey, these people from Wisconsin are running, right? Because it tells you what state they're qualified from. But it's kind of hard when it's like, Kellen Taylor, for example, is a Sussex native, right. but like has lived in Flagstaff and has been 
not around for a long time. So it's like trying to figure out those people. If you don't know them, you don't know them. And Molly wasn't on her list last week. Yeah. Shame on us. Shame on us indeed. Because she placed, she placed <laughs> second. We should do our research a little bit better. But shout out to Molly. We've had a lot of people ask if we're going to have Molly on the podcast, by the way. So we want uh, to. We want we're to. So if anybody out there knows Molly and you think she'd be interested, at this point, she's probably getting calls from ESPN and Runner's World and all kinds of yeah, places that we can't her, compete with. It's not but, her local. It's not her but local, it's not her place. local. So hey, Easter is coming. Maybe she's coming home for Easter. Maybe, uh, maybe after one of our Olympics. listeners actually uh, gave that oh. idea. So it said, hey, she might be coming home for Easter. That might be your chance. And maybe That's things cool. will have died down by then. So yeah. So if you, if anybody knows Molly, send us, uh, do the connection. DM us and we'll give you 50 extra bonus points. In how, about, how about this? If you connect us with Molly, you <laughs> win the sweepstakes. <laughs> you win everything. Everything. There you <laughs> go. If you get Molly just on the show, you can have all those prizes we just said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone else, but... <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. Uh, we'll talk about Molly in a second, but just kind of looking at the top three men and women from the race. So um, let's look at the men first. So Galen Rupp, who came in as the favorite and the favorite to probably pay, place at the Olympics, um, dominated first place with a 209.20. Uh, stayed in the pack and then just did his thing the second half and kind of just started going after it. The men's race was interesting because... People kind of wanted, I don't know if you want to call it airtime. So right off from the gun, guys were just going out super fast in front of the lead pack. And you kind of saw that through like 16 miles where the females, when they went out, they stayed in a pack for the most part. So the men were really showboating, in my opinion, and which made it for a weird race because all the big names were way in the back of the pack. Like they were sitting at like 20th because they were not out in front with most of those guys who burned out. You know what I mean? So... Galen took home first, and then Jake Riley, who was the underdog and unsponsored runner, took second. So I read this line. I don't know if it's true or not, but I want to say it anyways, that he wanted to run in the Nike Alpha Flies before committing to a sponsor. So be like his last time that uh, he could run in something like that. So okay. he, he didn't have a sponsor. But I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know the source I got Maybe that from either. But it was interesting because Riley's whole goal was he wasn't going to make a move until the 30K range. So he was kind of sitting, sitting, sitting. A bunch of guys made their move. And he, what him and his coach basically said is, you're going to wait. And at 30K, you're going to go for it. And everyone's going to hopefully start falling back to you. And you're going to start picking them off. And that's basically what he did. So he, he was in 10th place. Well, um, being in 10th, he was 30 seconds back of second place at mile 19. So at mile 19, he was 37, 37 seconds back of second place. So he was a ways a behind. Lot. So he was working. So that's really impressive to see that, um, that he came out in front. But basically at the end, it was him and um, Ebdi Ebdurama, who is 43-year-old. He becomes, he from placing third and making the trials, he's now becomes the oldest U.S. Olympic runner. How old is cool. he? 43. 43? Yeah, this is his wow. fifth Olympic appearance. So like when we were just like wee little kids, he was like in the Olympics, which is pretty cool. Hmm. So that rounds out the three guys. And then the three women, the women's race was awesome because there was a big pack of a 15 to 20 people through mile 20, um, probably like 20 through mile like 16, and there was probably 15 through mile 20. So like it was like, all right, 
what's going to happen here? And then Elphaphine, uh, she broke away at like mile 21 and Molly went with her. Uh, they actually trained together in Flagstaff, so they were kind of friends. So no one else really kind of took off with them, but they went and then Sally um, Kipyogi, who had, this would be her second Olympic appearance, try to stick with them, but the, the gap between those two was like a minute. So she came in third place, but, uh, Molly is a four time NCAA champion and she became the first American woman to earn an Olympic berth in her date, uh, her marathon debut. Isn't that crazy? Wait, so what did she earn? This was her first marathon. This wow. was Molly's first marathon was the Olympic trials. Incredible. So she became the first American woman to earn an Olympic berth in her, uh, marathon debut. Galen Rupp was, had the same, uh, in 2016 when he qualified in LA because it was a Rio. 10k right wasn't he a- yeah he was a 10k transitioning to marathon so um it was interesting with Alphaphine so she had a stress fracture so she had to take time off a couple for a little while and then she obviously won the 2020 US Olympic marathon trials but they had like a list of female runners who came back from injury to like achieve something I think Des Linden like had hip surgery and then won the 2018 Boston Marathon. And then mm-hmm. I'm blanking on what Shalane uh, Flanagan did, but she came back from injury to win a race as well. So if you're injured out there, don't give up. Some of the top athletes out there have come back from injury to and prove Molly, themselves. Right? Yeah. And Molly as well. All right. So Galen was really the only prediction from anyone that we saw to come out and win. So it was really cool. But since Molly's local, we're going to talk a little bit about Molly's journey to Atlanta. So we did some research, got some cool quotes from her, talking a little bit about kind of her journey to Atlanta. So looking back, Molly was born in Brookfield. She went to University Lake School in Heartland. And it's pretty crazy because so she's 25. She basically was like a senior in 2011. So I was in Milwaukee and I wasn't a runner then, but I didn't really know much about running, but it was crazy to think that what I'm about to read off, this is what Molly was dominating in Wisconsin. So, so Molly won the Gatorade national female cross country runner of the year. She also was named the Gatorade Wisconsin female cross country runner of the year in 2011. In 2011, she won the national footlocker cross country championships, breaking the tape at 1722. She won the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association cross country 1600 meter and 3200 meter titles in all state meets for all four years, totaling 12 state titles. <laughs> she earned New Balance Indoor Nationals mile and two mile All American honors in 2011, and she was invited to the Booba Great Edba International Challenge in Scotland, where she placed third, 1516 in the 4K. And was the first U.S. high schooler to finish. That's insane. I had, like, now knowing this, it's like, that's so cool that that came from Milwaukee. Basically, she won every award you could in Wisconsin. And then won the Full Locker Cross Country National Championships. That's cool. You wouldn't think that would come from Wisconsin, right? But why not? But why not? We have great schools and great, yeah. And we great know a lot of great here. coaches here. We, we had shoe stores, shoe stores, people. There's a lot of good stuff in this town. So that's super cool. And then quickly, um, Seidel, she went to Notre Dame, 
where in 2015 she was Division One National Cross Country Champion. In 2016 she was NCAA Division One National Indoor Track and Field 3,000 meters and 5,000 meters champion, and she won the 10,000 meters title in 2015. Uh, the NCAA Division One Outdoor Track and Field Champions, and she's a six-time Atlantic Coast Conference champion. And she was two Stanford Invernat, uh, Invitational 5,000 Outdoor Track titles to her credit. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. awesome. Good job, Molly. All right, so that's basically like Molly's earlier early career. And then when she was transitioning out of college, she... She had some struggles, so I would say struggles before she found success right at the trial. She she has talked about and she's openly had eating disorders. She's had depression and she um, is OCD. Uh, so she was battling all these things. I think she was trying to figure out, do I go pro? Do I need to kind of figure these things out? And I hope we have her on the show to talk about this. But she kind of went into recovery and was focusing on herself uh, and kind of putting running on the side. But anyways, she moved to Boston in 2017 and was offered um, a contract by Saucony, but she missed July through December 2018 because she had surgery for her hip. So for a timeline, it's 2020, right? So basically, she was out all of end of 2018. So really, her road to actually going for the Olympic trials, in my mind, though she's been doing it her whole life, started in 2019. Where I look back at her Strava. This is the cool part of Strava. I kind of <laughs> looked at her 2019 miles, and she really she run a, she's run a ton of miles, right? But it was broken up into like two big segments. So, um, you could tell she was getting back into running the early part of 2019, and then she had six huge weeks of training from June to July, leading up to the Peachtree 10K, which is in Atlanta, where she was running like. 90 miles a week. I think she had a couple of weeks of 100 miles, but she basically was training for that 5K, I mean that 10K. And then she took all of July to October off. Her miles were pretty low, running, doing a lot of cross training, some biking in there, so it wasn't really training. And then starting in October of last year, she really started training because she had to qualify it, right? Mm-hmm. So she ran, was running about 90 miles a week, and she was training for the rock and soul, uh, the rock and roll half marathon in um, Texas. I think it was in San Antonio. So you can qualify for the Olympic trials in the marathon or the half marathon. So she qualified in December with a 110 and change, and that got her in. And then in 2020, so this January, she ramped up her miles. She moved out to Flagstaff, which is where a lot of these uh, um, elite runners are training. And she started running like 100, 115 miles a week. So she really upped her mileage. And then she did the Houston Half Marathon, uh, which is the end of January, which is a lot of uh, runners try to qualify at the half marathon there, mm-hmm. which we've seen. And she, she already qualified, but she had like a 109 and some change. So she dropped a, a minute and some off of her time, which is pretty impressive. So basically she got altitude training and she was logging like just insane miles to really prepare. So like, you know, they say like, if you have a good, strong base for your marathon, I mean, talk about just ramping in from October and then starting in January, the like two months leading up to this race, just stacking on those miles. And like Alex, being strong. She is young. She's twenty five. If if you didn't tell me the timeline, like in terms of how many years this has been, all these accolades and all these trials, 
she she went through the trials, the Olympic trials, but also her trials and tribulations, as we say, depression, OCD, uh, all these barriers to success in any field, not just running. At the age of twenty five, to be able to accomplish this, that's incredible. That that that's truly truly inspirational. It's so Good for inspirational. Her. It's so empowering. What stops us? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's it. People have more people like that in this world, right? Having depression, eating disorders, OCD. That's I mean, that's a lot. And to like take care of yourself and put things aside to right for yourself to figure those things out is like that's a very mature move to do at a very by itself. Young that's age. a mar- that, by itself. That's enough of a trial to say like that. I beat my eating disorder and my depression and I'm living with OCD. Just those three by themselves, a big accomplishment. On top of that, qualifying for the for the for the Olympics, that's incredible. I would like you know how I am. I like to know the connection between the two. And yeah. actually uh, this Monday we're releasing Dr. Corcor, uh, who is a leader in raising awareness for mental health and running mm-hmm. through running. Uh, doing the 50 states, 50, 50, uh, 5K and 50 states, 550-50, which which means a 5K in 50 states over 50 days consecutively. And he runs it himself. He's 70 years old or close to that. And he's just an amazing human being. Uh, And he talks about how exercise in general, but running specifically uh, aids in overcoming depression and many other mental uh, mental um mental conditions so he's yeah that's a really good episode he it's a very good episode a lot so of stay a tuned. lot of good things and i know after the show we had some great conversations too so that's gonna be a good episode that drops monday we got this we got the contest we got episode dropping monday we got a lot of cream city pacers content okay talk i want to talk a little bit about molly's race day and then we'll have molly on the show to talk about all this but i want to give a little update so like i said the women's race was like 15 deep through like mile 20 so they went through the half at 114 38 and this is a quote from podium runner uh from molly in the first part of the race i wasn't really thinking my coach and i have a little saying of no brain no pain so i was just kind of trying to flow through it i wasn't paying attention to the miles and i wasn't paying attention to the pace i was just going off a feel when we kind of made our move i just wanted to keep running that pace i felt good at and i knew i could hold on i I like that no Hmm. brain no pain literally just block everything out and try to get into that like meditative flow what do you think they do you think they do more than just run do you think they meditate these uh, high level be, runners do they do yeah i don't uh, know much about it from kind of just like seeing things here and there a lot of them do mindfulness training which might be part of meditation might other things but you have to be able to get in that as molly calls that flow state of just kind of nothing because it's it hurts you could go fast do they do cryotherapy you think I feel like to, to to disengage your brain from your body, you have to do something extremely extreme, just very painful. Well, a question so, a question to that is: Is your body? Are some people's bodies and brains just made for that more than others? I'm sure there's like something that runners? that makes you more that makes you predisposed, but there's part of it that is nurture. I'm yeah. sure, and it comes from 
you know you have the bug or you have the intelligence because it, it has to do a little bit with uh, having a certain type of intelligence that helps you become a competitive person and then you have somebody that recognizes that early on and aids you in little by little making it fun for you to yeah you know pursue that in an early age and then it sticks with you for for the rest of your life maybe i don't know maybe you're more predisposed hmm. coming but i'll tell you this me as a person i've been able to implement many things that i didn't think would be possible for me or weren't possible before mm-hmm. um you know so i've been able to see the results but for me to become pro it would probably be impossible uh, but i started nothing i started i started late too yeah well but then again you know you have people like roy pirong uh who started when he started running he 40, was like, yeah 39 he's he has all these records so it's never too late it, it was too late for him to become an olympic runner yeah but but he set different goals right so it's like, never too late it's never too late and it's never too late you just might you have to work a little bit harder at like the mindfulness stuff or whatever it may be to get there because you haven't been doing it as long you know what i mean yeah but we have so many things at our disposal right now so many so many feedback like being able to improve our feedback loops um you know being able to to go for a run and then while you're running look at your watch or look at whatever you have on you and that says you're doing this much better than last time and then afterwards being able to compare it to last time and saying what did i do or what did i eat you know what was my heart rate what was is how much did i sleep you know you have devices that measure your you know how well you slept no matter what we're able to improve on a daily basis with this technology and whether we become pro or not is not the question i'm sure all these people did not start out to become pros they did not start out all these people these 700 plus runners that were at the uh start line of this this trial they they were not i bet you half of them never thought that they were going to make it there they just ran that's what we should all do and who knows what what is going to be maybe if you're a 5k runner or if you're not even a 5k runner maybe you'll run a 5k under 30 minutes or Maybe you'll run a marathon. I told you about a story about this um, good customer at Mimosa that has been coming th- since 2017, since we opened. And I saw him recently, after ha- not having seen him for a year, I barely recognized the dude. And oh, yeah. I looked at him and I said, what happened to you, man? He used to be, you know, just a regular dude, maybe a little more weight than than he would want, I would, I would presume. Now he's just glowing. He's lost weight and he's glowing and he's got like, you can see his, his jaw bones. And I said, what happened, man? He says, oh yeah, I started running. And you could tell that not only his body has changed and his face has changed, but his, his eyes have changed. He's more focused. And he's, he's like, I just ran my first half marathon and now I'm about to run my first marathon. I don't know which one. He didn't tell me which one, but it's just inspirational what running can do and one one foot in front of the other, right? It doesn't matter. He's never going to become a pro. We're not going to become pros. But look at the change that has made in his life. What I, w- I want to go back for a second. You were talking about how we have all these things at our disposal, like feedback loops to like become better. Like 
you know, your pace in real time. You can see, you know, your watch afterwards tells you how long you need to recover for and you can know what you ate and all this stuff, right? It's all digitized so we can see it. But like acting on that stuff, that takes so much work. I don't do it, right? Like I don't, I know my runs and my pace and I can, can track compared to the last time I did this track workout or whatnot, right? But like what you eat with fat and how you slept, like all that stuff, like because you could have, you know, a lot of people sleep with their watches or whatever that tells you how you sleep or apps. Mm-hmm. Like I don't do that because um, that's just way too much stress to think about. It's <laughs> like, let me fall asleep. Um, but like we don't utilize that stuff as much as like, we could with it at our disposal. That was just an interesting thought I had off of that. We'll get there. Somebody's gonna put all these things app. together. Somebody's gonna be- does it for you. The yeah. sleeping. This, I'm now I'm going down a rabbit hole. The sleeping thing's funny, is because I know people who have tried it, and it just stresses them out more. <laughs> who is that? I, what, I do, what, to do you, what do you mean? People. It stresses them that like uh, like, you, like I assume like you can wear watches and stuff, but like there's like I know. Example I'm thinking of is you can have like the app on your phone and you put it on your pillow and then uh, it like tells you because yeah. the way you flip and flap and stuff. And then you get all stressed out because it's like, you know, you're being watched by your phone on how you should be sleeping. So you're like overthinking it. <laughs> like it's just like, I, that sounds dumb. <laughs> like I don't want that. I just want to go to bed. These are just from the sources I've heard. Maybe I got the best, some whack the sources. Best, the best uh, alarm clock and the best thing that you can use for waking up better is Nupper. Is this an app called Nupper? God, that's your old app you try to develop before you open Mimosa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not even a thing. Hey, talk about the best alarm clock. I um, I run in the for- mornings with my friend Chase sometimes. Uh, he replaced our morning runs where we used to go run and get breakfast. Hmm. But this, I forgot to set my alarm this week. And all of a sudden I wake up because one of our kids is crying in the room next door. And I'm like, whoa. What time Wait. is it? And I look, I'm supposed to like, he, he comes at 5 a.m. So I need to get up at like at least 4.50 so I can have at least 10 minutes to like just kind of drink your espresso. Yeah, yeah, that's too early for that. And it was 4.41 and I was like, whoa, I'm up early. <laughs> I didn't that story to go that way. But like I totally, I didn't set an alarm. I totally would have slept through it if our kid went to woke up crying. So the best alarm clock's your kid. There the best is. alarm clock is guilt, my friend. <laughs> Gets you up every single time. All right. So, um, obviously, has given me the time here. We got to run through this. So, basically, we know what happened. Molly took second place. So, here's a good quote from her, kind of how the finish. I think Alphafine needs to take a lot of credit on this, Seidel said. Every time she said, come on, let's go, I tried to say, I'm with you. But just having her there was huge. I don't think I would have been able to call, uh, be able to be as calm on the breakaway with anybody else. I look up to her so much. To be able to know I was running alongside a friend and someone I trust, it was almost like the feeling of working together. I knew we were in it, but if we were going down, we were going down together. That was a pretty cool... What are the odds that the person you trained with also qualifies with you? Well, that's, that's where it was incredible. so cool when she's like, come on, let's go. And she, she turns around to say that. Do you think she let her win? Did she let her win? No, I think she, I mean, I don't know. I'll have to ask her when she's on the show, but it seems like she broke away. It's like, from well, her. you pushed me, so you should win this. And I'll win yeah. the Olympics. I think she broke away from her because that was a good enough gap. But at the same time, I mean, who knows if third place was like on their tail. Third place was far enough back where they both knew 
even if they slow down, they would still probably take it. But anyways, congrats, Molly. Congrats, everyone who raced last weekend, especially our Milwaukee runners and our Wisconsin runners. We love you guys so much. To wrap up the show quickly, let's look at some upcoming races. So tomorrow, which you'll probably listen to this after tomorrow, is the flight for air climb at the U.S. Bank Tower. So we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks, but I finally found some statistics on it. I just wanted to share it with you guys because I thought it was crazy. The race is 47 floors, which is 1,034 stairs. Wow. How long do you think it took the winner to run up the stairs? I had no idea. Wait, I, okay, uh, let me think about it. I this. didn't think about it. I just wait, saw wait. the time and thought. 47 oh, floors, 47 floors, right? 1,000 steps, um, stairs. How many feet is each floor? I don't know. Okay, that's too many. You, I thought you looked up the statistics. Well, I didn't tell me the mm-hmm. length of each floor and the gaps. Um, the... I would say it would take about 10 to 15 seconds per floor. So we're looking at uh, anywhere from 8 to 10 minutes. So, right. <laughs> I was thinking it would be a little longer than that. I don't know why. I just like, run up the U.S. Bank Tower. That's going to take a while. Okay. What ended up being? So. 10 minutes? 4 minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> so, check this out. I thought you just ran up at once, right? You can, or they call it the power hour. Oh. How many climbs can you do in an hour? Is it because we suggested this on the other... Or have they always been no, doing I this? Guess because we suggested this a few this weeks. Was, so... They have different climbs. So the guy, Jason, who won the fastest time, which was the first climb at 412, he did 10 climbs in an hour. How many steps a time do you think? So you it was, like he one ran of those the like, first climb was 412, 446, 441, 453, 457, 5, 559, 5, 5. How many times is he doing it? 10. 10 times up? It looks like a bunch of people did this. How nuts is that? How fried are your legs after this? Oh, I don't know. We ran up six flights of stairs last week, and I was huffing and puffing. But I know those were longer, but still, they were even if it was floors, twelve, even if it was twelve, double at twelve, like <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. So that's awesome. The U.S. Bank puts that up. Yeah, out. Ba ba ba. And then there's a lot of we've talked about this. Luckily, Irish races. I don't want to read them all off because we're getting short in time, but. Click the link in our show notes on our website if you guys want to sign up for any of those um, coming up in the next few weeks. We're going to try to spice these up a little bit moving forward. We want to give you guys kind of the content we're going to talk about next week so we can ask you guys questions and get a little bit more involved. We haven't been that planful on this week, so this is why we're kind of giving a blanket statement. But hopefully moving forward, we're going to start letting you guys know so we can get you guys, the listeners involved a little bit more because that's the whole point of the show is this is a local running show for our local running community and you guys create that and we want you to be a part of it. So until next Friday, keep on running.